Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encourages you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. We have a special guest today. He's all the way from New Jersey. It's one of my greatest friends. His name is Pastor Jesse McKenna. Jesse's going to be bringing the word for us today. It's going to be an encouraging word, so I challenge you. Listen, go ahead, get a notepad ready, get your Bibles ready. It's going to be an impactful message. Welcome, Pastor Jesse McKenna, all the way from New Jersey. Take it on, Jesse. What's up, Axios Church? I am so honored to be able to be with you today. In fact, it's not just me that's with you today. I got some of my friends here that are joining me all the way from New Jersey. Listen, we consider ourselves extended Axios family. And truth be told, I told them we were going to Florida. And so they showed up. And since your governor doesn't want us there in person, we're going to sneak in digitally. And um, hey, we, we're just, we really are excited um, to be with you. I got to tell you, I, I am so excited to see what God is going to do in and through the city of Lakeland because of what he's doing at Axios Church. I believe God has big things in store for your church and for your community. And the reason why I believe that is because I know your pastors. Come on, if there was ever two people to believe in, it's your pastors. And I just wanted to just take a moment right up front. The Bible says we ought to outdo one another in honor. In fact, 1 Timothy chapter 1 says that those who lead through preaching and teaching, they deserve double honor. So I thought we could just take a moment and give them double honor. Come on, stand up on your feet. Let's make some noise in the chat. Come on, drop some comments, some emojis. Just make an absolute noise for your pastors. Come on, man, if there was ever two people to get behind, your pastors are the real deal. And Pastor Eric, Pastor Jessica, we want you to know um, we love you guys all the way from Jersey, your extended family. We believe in you. We're in your corner. We are for you. And we cannot wait to see what God does in and through your ministry there in Lakeland. And I'm actually particularly excited that I get to be with you in like the launch stages of your church. Um, As you guys are preparing for your Axios nights and your team huddles and your vision rallies, um, I love that I get to talk to, and I don't know what you guys call it, whether it's your launch team or your core team, I'm going to call it your faith team. Because that's really what your, your team is right now. As you prepare to launch, you're, you are the faith team, the faith people who are going to rally behind the vision that God has planted in the hearts of your pastor to hold their arms up, to draw your swords, to say heart and soul, whatever it is God's placed in your heart, we're with you. And what I wanted to do today is I wanted to take a moment and talk to you faith people. This, this launch team, as you prepare to step into what God has for you and I want to look at a story with you in the book of Deuteronomy in the first chapter. And so if you have a Bible, you can turn there with me. Or if you have your Bible on an app, you can join me there. But 
Deuteronomy chapter one, let me set it up a little bit. Um, We are seeing the story progress as Moses leads the people of Israel out of bondage in Egypt. And they are now out from under the rule of Pharaoh and they are marching toward their freedom. And at this particular point in the story, um, the people of God are close to a plot of land that God promised to them many years ago. They're on the shores of the Jordan River about to cross over. Come on, they're about to step into the vision that God gave them. They're they're in a season of right before. So Moses gets the whole nation together. This is the original Axios night. He gets the whole team together and he's like, let me cast some vision because we're about to step into the promises of God. And he gathers the whole people together. And this is what Moses does. He begins to remind them of stuff that God has been saying over the previous 40 years. That's what the book of Deuteronomy is. It's Moses recounting where they've come and what God has said. And so he's kind of walking them through. But the first thing that Moses reminds them of in Deuteronomy chapter one, beginning in verse five, he says this. He says, east of the Jordan in the territory of Moab, which is to say on the very edge and shore of the Jordan River. It says, Moses began to say, the Lord our God said to us way back at Horeb. Now Horeb was one of the very first stops as they left Egypt. It was one of the very first places. In fact, it has another name you might be familiar with, Mount Sinai. It was the place where Moses received the Ten Commandments. And Moses, now at the very end of the journey, says, hey, let me remind you of something that happened at the very beginning of this journey. And he says, God said to us way back then, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance. Verse 8, see, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore that he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and to their descendants after them. Moses says, 40 years ago, when we first left Egypt, God said, you've been here long enough. It's time to go get the promise. Somehow that 11-day journey turned into a 40-year nightmare. And now they're at the end of it, and Moses says, hey, remember what God said? You've stayed here long enough. It's time to break camp and advance and take what... Here's what Moses is really saying, and it's the title of my message today. He's saying, where you're at, the place you've gotten comfortable, the place you've gotten complacent, the place that you're okay with being that's less than what God has for you, God is saying, you've worn out your welcome. It's time to move forward. You've worn out your welcome. Come on, wherever you're at today, would you bow your head, close your eyes, and pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love, 
And we thank you that you are the God of hope. Today, we pray that you would open up our hearts to receive the word that you have for us. We thank you, we praise you, and we pray it all in the strong, resurrected, powerful name of Jesus. And everybody dropped it in the chat. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, you have worn out your welcome. That's an awkward thing for somebody to say to you, isn't it? Anybody in the chat, have, has anybody ever said this to you before? The nice people don't come outright and say it. They, they just kind of subtly hint at it. Like when you have overstayed your welcome, you can tell when somebody is trying to subtly hint that you've worn out your welcome when they start getting shocked at what time it is. You ever been over somebody's house and they're like, oh my gosh, it's 10, it's 1030. When you came over here, it was 5.30. Now, now it's 10. That, that's, wow, you've been here for five hours. That's a not-so-subtle hint that you may have overstayed your welcome. So this past weekend, Pastor Emily and I, uh, I'm just in, so used to saying Pastor Emily, my wife and I, we were invited to my nephew's um, Sixth birthday party, turning six years old. And so we got invited over um, their house, and, and we began to just get everything together. We were heading over there. And for you Florida people, I need to set this up a little bit because y'all are just living life like it's normal, okay? You have normal human interactions, um, but it's not that way in New Jersey, okay? Like we have been on lockdown in New Jersey, okay? It's been 15 weeks since we've been able to have church. I haven't had a haircut in about three months, looking like Emilio Estevez up here, I already know. And so it's like, it feels like we've been put on punishment, like the bad kind of punishment, like your parents caught you climbing out your bedroom window at 10 o'clock at night, type punishment. Like we've been on lockdown. Over the last couple of weeks, they've been slowly opening some things up. So we got invited to my nephew's birthday party, and we're like, we're going out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're allowed to breathe fresh air again. We're going outside. We're going to the birthday party. And so we make our way over to um, the house, and, and it's a pool party. So we eat lunch. We're playing in the pool with our nephews. And we get over there about 2 o'clock, and about 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, people start to leave, you know, kind of like two at a time, three at a time. There's only about 15, 20 people there. It's just family. But people begin to leave, um, but not, not us. Like, we are, we are lingering. And so people are leaving one at a time, and we're just there. Uh, we're just hanging out. We are, um, some might say, overstaying our welcome. And so we get to the point where we are the last ones left. And we're, like, making ourselves at home. Like, we're pulling lunch out of the fridge and reheating it for dinner. Like, we're that kind of overstaying our welcome. And they're kind of subtly hinting that it may be time to go. They're saying things like, well, we, you know, we just want to thank you guys for coming. And we're like, absolutely. How do we get Netflix on the TV? Do you, 
And, and so they're kind of continuously dropping some hints. They're like, okay, well, we're going to be putting the kids down to sleep soon. At one point, I look over and I see my wife coming out of the pantry with a family-sized bag of chips as they're telling us that they're putting their kids to sleep. And she says verbatim, do y'all have big plans for these chips? <laughs> or can I open this bag? So we're just hanging out until the point where they just got to, like, drop it. And they, they say it still kind of nice, but making it clear so we can't miss it. And they're like, listen, the child in whom's honor this shindig was put together is now asleep, and we want to thank you for coming. And so we get up because we realize, okay, we have over stayed out. We have worn out our welcome. <laughs> Come to this story in Deuteronomy chapter 1, and we see as Moses is speaking to them and leading them, we see that they are in the midst of this 40-year wandering season. A season that should have lasted 11 days has turned into 40 years, and Moses says, come on, everybody get together. I need you to remind you of some things that God spoke to us when we first started. And what he really wants them to see is that this wandering was not God's will. The wandering that we have been in and the cycle that we have been caught in, this was not God's original intention. But the detour actually has more to do with our decisions. And so Moses is laying this out. This is not God's best. God, from the very beginning, wanted us to step right in, but we made poor decisions, and now we find ourselves wandering around. But they've been wandering so long. I wonder if it was easy for some of them to begin to think that the wandering really was God's will. Because I think when you live your life wandering in the desert, you might begin to think that the desert is normal. Well, maybe this is what life is. Maybe this is what following Jesus is like. Maybe things will always be this way. Maybe things will never be like that. And, and you begin to think that your desert wandering is normal. I wonder for you in your life, what season have you gotten stuck in? that you have begun to believe that maybe this is all there is. Maybe this is what God has for me. Maybe I should just kind of give up on the promises that God spoke to me and the calling he's put in my heart and all of the promises that he's spoken to me in his word. I wonder what seasons we get stuck in and what we give up on because we cannot see that what we are facing is not God's will, not God's best. We believe this, though, when our seasons begin to stretch out and stretch on for so long. And that's the thing about seasons. When you stay in a season for too long, the season can seem like it's your life sentence. And you begin to think maybe we are just wanderers. Maybe aimlessness is just part of who we are. And the reality is that Moses wants to remind them of their very first mountain. They got stuck at a mountain 40 years ago. 
stuck at a mountain. And Moses brings their memory back. And, and I wonder why, at the brink of crossing over into the promise, does Moses remind them of the mountain? And I think the reason is because they left the mountain physically, but they never really have left the mountain spiritually. Wow. That moment of being complacent in their wandering and complacent in the desert and complacent in the aimlessness and complacency with less than what God has for them. Yet they've moved on from the mountain physically, but I wonder if the mountain never left them and they are still spiritually facing the mountain. The mountain is their obstacle. The mountain is their journey. The mountain is the desert. And, and I wonder if Moses is reminding them of the mountain as if to say, if you're going to cross over into the promises God has for us, we have to once and for all move this mountain. Yeah. Got to move this mountain. We know in the New Testament what Jesus says. He says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain, be moved, and that mountain will be tossed into the sea. And Moses brings their memory back to this mountain because they've left it physically, but they never have moved on spiritually. Yeah. But notice how Moses says it. He says, he's basically telling them, we got to get away from this mountain, break camp in advance. We got to move this mountain, break camp in advance. I think here's what Moses is trying to tell us. Sometimes God moves the mountain by moving the mountain. Yeah. And sometimes God moves the mountain by moving me. Wow. Sometimes the mountain is moved in my life. Not when I just pray it away, but when I listen to the voice of God and I'm willing to break camp of complacency and I'm willing to advance into the promises that he has for me. And so Moses, he's reminding them, hey, we're about to step in. We're about to take what God has for us, but we've got to break the mindset of staying in places God hasn't called us to stay. It's time to break camp in advance. And this is the heart of Moses' message, the, the, the symbolic mountain of wandering and aimlessness and despair. And I wonder if God is speaking to them the same way he's speaking to us, and he's telling us the mountains that you want to see moved are going to happen when you allow my spirit to move you. And Axios Church, I just want to speak directly to you today to let you know God is looking for some people who will open their hearts to his spirit and will say we're not going to stay camped in a place of complacency, but we're going to follow the vision that you have. We're going to step into the calling that you planted in the heart of our pastors, and we're going to move forward. You have stayed at this mountain long enough. Yeah. What I really believe is that God is speaking a number of things into the heart of the Israelites. And I believe that today is applicable, applicable to you and to me, especially as we step out in this season of, of launching and, and of preparing our hearts to start this ministry where you are. And the three things that God walks them through, number one is this. He wants them to know it's time to leave the familiar. Number one, leave the familiar. You know what God says? He says, break camp in advance. 
It's so easy, isn't it, to get complacent with the way things are? Complacency is, is so dangerous because complacency will cause you to set up camp in a season that God just wanted you to pass through. Sometimes seasons are just there for scenery, but we make it the end of our story. And we get complacent with less than, and we get complacent with where we are, and we begin to set up camp just simply because it's familiar. But what if today that familiar place is not your final destination? What if God is, is getting ready to stir up some hearts, to bind some people together, unified under his presence in his spirit, unified in heart and vision to step forward and to say, we are breaking camp on complacency because the enemy has worn out his welcome here in Lakeland, Florida. The enemy has worn out his welcome in despair. The fear has worn out its welcome. Anxiety has worn out its welcome. Aimlessness has worn out its welcome. And God is stirring up some people today to step forward and saying, no, enemy, you've worn out your welcome. We are stepping forward into what God has. But it will only happen if we decide to leave the familiar. Break camp in advance. There's two parts there, isn't there? Break camp in advance. I think for some of us, we, in order to step into the calling God has for us, we've got to break camp. In other words, We've got to break out of some mindsets that we've been carrying around. Some outlooks, some attitude, some habits, some routines, some desire for comfort, some preferences. I believe that God is stirring up some people today that are going to break camp with some things that are familiar but are not part of your future. And if you allow his spirit to convict you and to change you, perhaps God is getting ready to stir up in the hearts of his people some new leaders. Perhaps there are some people who are going to make their personalities bow down to their purpose, and they're going to step forward in confidence and in boldness in the leadership capabilities that he's planting in your hearts today. But you've got to be willing to break Camp with what you've known. But once you break camp, it's time to advance. That's what leaving the familiar is all about. Breaking camp on some expectations, breaking camp on some attitudes, breaking camp on some preferences, and advancing forward into what God has for you. God's desire is to move forward. God is not a God of the glory days. God is not a God who sits around and talks about, man, you remember when, man, remember that miracle? Remember when those people, remember when? No, no, God is always looking to the future because when it comes to God, the best is always yet to come. And we have an opportunity today to say, God, here I am, use me, send me. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be used with whatever you want from me. And you need to know today that as you prepare to break camp in advance, you have a calling on your life that no one else has. And it's a calling 
that can meet a need that no one else can meet. Matter of fact, while we're at it, let me say this. Your church has a calling that no other church in Florida has. And your church is called to meet needs that no other church has been called to meet. But God needs some people. He needs some leaders filled with faith who are willing to break camp with what's familiar to step into your future. It's time to break camp in advance. God wants us to leave the familiar, but once we leave the familiar, there's a calling for us to begin to see the future. Once you leave the familiar, it's time for us to begin to see the future. Break camp in advance, leave the familiar. God then says, see the land that I've given you? Do you see that you've broken camp, you've advanced, but now it's time for us to, with the eyes of faith, see the land that he has for us. Do you notice this order? The order matters. So God says like this, he says, break camp in advance and then see the land I have for you. I have an issue with this order. I'm going to be honest with you. In my own life, I have a big issue because what I want God to do in my life, in my church, in my ministry, in my family, is I want God to show me the land so I have the confidence to break camp in advance because I know it's there. I know what's waiting for me. I know what God's going to do. But God doesn't work like that. The order of faith is always this. If you're willing to take God at his word and break camp in advance, it's then in the step of faith that you will begin to see what he has for you. And I believe that there are some of us listening today that are waiting to see before we step. But God wants to know if you're willing to step. And once you step, he'll open up the path for you to see. God has great things in store for your church and your ministry and your calling. But we've got to be willing to first break camp in advance so then we can see what he has for us. Once you leave the familiar, it's time for us to open our eyes of faith and begin to see the future. It's the uncomfortable order of faith, but it's the order we see over and over again in the Bible with the heroes of faith. Abraham, leave everything you know, and then I'll show you the land. Elijah, cover the sacrifice in water, and then I'll send the fire. If I'm Elijah, I'm like, God, at least give me a lighter. You know what I mean? Like, at least give me a small glimpse so I can see But he doesn't work like that. The story of the man with the shriveled hand. Jesus says, reach it out, and then it will be made whole. There's always a step of faith where we have to believe before we see. And I really do believe that some of us, the need for God to show us the promises before we're willing to move, keeps so many of us from experiencing the goodness of God. But you can't see the land God has given you if you stay camped where you are. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. 
So God says, break camp and advance and then you'll then see, see the land. You have to, you have to look for it sometimes. When, when you're moving forward, because there's all sorts of things that demand our attention. And we can choose what we look at. But I, I want to show you this today. How you look matters. It's a matter of controlling our perspective. Because you might look out and you might see all the negativity and you might see the struggle and you might see the opposition. Because here's what happens way back at Mount Sinai when God first gave them this command, it's time to break camp in advance. They actually never broke camp in advance. What they did is they chose a few people to go spy out the land. So God said, hey, it's time in 11 days. You can step into the promise if you would just break camp in advance. And they said, no, let's just, let's take it easy. Let's, let's send out some spies first. Let's just go, before we see how it goes down, let's send out some people first. And they come back and they say, Moses, are you, it was that plot of land? Are you sure it was that plot? Um that God mentioned giants. No, no, no. He just mentioned the promise. He just mentioned if you step out in faith, it's already given to you. If you step out in faith, a land flowing with milk and honey, it's there. And they come back and say, no, no, no. I think what, what, what we've seen is giants. But where God, where you see opposition, God sees opportunity. And when you allow yourself by faith to step in, knowing that there's opposition and knowing that there's stuff that can come against you. Listen, on this journey as a church, there's going to be seasons you step into where it seems like opposition. But in the eyes of God, that opposition is nothing more than an opportunity for him to show through and for him to show out and for him to do what all only he can do. How do you see? Because we have a natural tendency to see why it won't work out and what, well, what might not happen and what's against us and what might fall through and what might not happen. And God says, no, break camp from that scarcity mindset and advance into what I have for you. Leave the familiar, see the future because I don't see opposition. I see opportunity for me to show you who I am. We've got to leave the familiar so we can begin to see the future. But their inability to see was the very thing that turned that 11-day journey into a 40-year nightmare. God says, break camp in advance, see the land. Notice he says, see the land I have given. Not I will give. Not I'll help you get. But it's, it's already given. When it comes to the life of faith, I think we forget this. I think we think we have to do things that curry the favor of God in our life. If, if, I, if I do this, then God will reward me. Yeah. If I give, then God will bless me. Yeah. But, but you have to remember, God is not bound by space and time. So from his perspective, he's not bound by the linear timeline that your life is on. From his perspective, all the blessings he's going to give you are already given. Yeah. It's you 
that's bound by space and time. It's me that's bound by a timeline. But from God's perspective, he's already blessed. He's already given it. He's already done it. And it takes faith for us to begin to see that kind of a future. But God wants some people. Axios Church, God wants some people who are willing to leave the familiar and begin to see the future. Which leads us to the final thing that God wants them to see. And I believe God wants us to see. And that's once you leave the familiar, once you see the future, it's time to embrace the fight. It's not all going to be easy. It's not all going to be comfortable. It's not all going to make sense all the time. No, this life of faith, when you leave the familiar and you begin to see God's future, it's time for us to put on the armor of God, prepare ourselves for battle, and embrace the fight. I wonder how much does your life look like the heroes in Scripture? Because we often want the stories of the heroes of faith but we're not willing to endure the storms of the heroes of faith. And Paul, when he's writing to Timothy, he's preparing him to step into ministry. And he says this, he says, Timothy, fight the good fight. Axios Church, fight the good fight. It's gonna be a fight. We don't battle with flesh and blood but we battle with principalities. We're fighting a spiritual war and the fight we're stepping into has eternal life on the line. You are called to draw your spiritual sword and step into a battle. And Paul's encouragement is this, you gotta fight, but you gotta fight a good fight. How can the fight be a good fight? It's a good fight because we already know the outcome. We already know that we win in the end. We already know that Jesus has defeated death in the grave and we now have life in the power of his spirit. Come on, we're called to fight and we're gonna stand up unified together under one vision that God has planted in the heart of our pastors and we're gonna embrace the good fight of faith. It's a fight, but church, it's a good fight because we fight already knowing the outcome. And I believe that God in this season of our world, in, in, this, in this period in human history, that God is getting ready to do something better and bigger than he has ever done before. But he needs some people with willing spirits who will leave the familiar, who will look into the future with faith and will embrace the fight and not run from the giants, but step into the land that God has called you to step into and say, I know what God has for us. I know what God has called us to. And it's time for us to take the land that has already been given. God's looking for some people. He's looking for some people. Are you willing to leave the familiar, see the future, and embrace the fight? Because Moses' whole point is that when you do, you're going to cross over into the promise. You're going to cross over into what God has for you. I believe today that There's a special calling on your church. There's a special anointing on your pastors. And now is the time. 
to stand up and to cross over and to see the vision become a reality. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together. Thank you.